Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Wallace from Redemption to the Nation's Church, and I'm grateful that we are going to have this opportunity to bring this message of hope, healing, and restoration to you and your family today. I want you to stay with me till the end. I'm going to come back and pray. Be blessed by the word of the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about spiritual legislation. Spiritual legislation. That's the title of my, my message today. Say spiritual legislation. I don't know if you know this or not, but you are sitting by a legislator. Y'all are acting so Presbyterian right now. I said, you are sitting next to a legislator. They don't know they're a legislator yet. Some of them don't know they're a legislator, but we did not gather just to sing songs and have church. We gathered to legislate on behalf of the kingdom of God. Matthew 16. And what is beautiful about the Lord is that when God does it, he lines it up. And this morning when Lacey began to sing, build your church, I said, see here, they done got in my prayer closet. They got in my prayer closet because that's what I'm gonna preach about today. Matthew chapter 16, everybody shout spiritual legislation. Now this could turn into a couple of weeks. I'm not gonna rush myself through this and, and, and I'm well aware what time it is. And I tell you every Sunday, you do what you gotta do, but we're gonna honor the word of God and we're gonna teach and preach the word and we're gonna grow in the things of the spirit and know the truth because the Bible said it is the truth that makes us free. Say amen, family. So Matthew chapter 16, and I wanna teach about spiritual legislation this morning. Jesus answered, Matthew 16, 17. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Can you put that, 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 that verse up, Chad? I will build my church. Everybody see that word in parentheses? What is that word? Come on, we're gonna to talk to each other this morning. This is ecclesia. Upon this rock, I'll build my ecclesia and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Next verse, please. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Lord, I feel this already. And today we want to talk about spiritual legislation. I'm gonna to teach today on spiritual legislation. So Father, I pray today that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable. I pray with accuracy, with unction and authority, I would teach the Bible today. Let the light bulb come on for those who sit in darkness. Let a spirit of revelation sit on those who have so much potential but don't know how to tap into it. I pray today that you will rip the lid off their lives, that religion will have no authority over our future. Someone's life is being strangled by a spirit of religion. Today, you're gonna to break them into kingdom living in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing for us today. In Jesus' name, if you love him, say amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of God. 
So I've talked extensively in our 22-year journey together. I've talked extensively about the testimony of Peter. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning because I have talked extensively about it before Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? Some say thou art John the Baptist, some say thou art a prophet, some say thou art Elijah, and then Jesus looks at them and says, who do you say that I am? Peter says thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. It's interesting to me that Jesus asked this question at Caesarea Philippi, which is perhaps the most religiously plural place. It is a place filled with occultism. It is a place filled with tremendous spiritual darkness. And there in the epicenter of the darkness, Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. This is revolutionary. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And what was the rock? And some movements, some denominations believe that the rock is Peter himself. How many know Peter is a pretty lousy foundation to build on if he is the foundation of the church? The foundation of the church is not Peter. The foundation of the church is the rock of revelation which Peter received from the Father. Because anytime you build a house, how many know that, I see Andrew Morkett over there, he's a, a building inspector. Anytime you build a house, you have to set it on the right foundation. Whatever you're building has to have the right foundation. If it doesn't have the right foundation, I don't, how much, I don't care how much you spend on it, how big it is, how amazing it is. If it doesn't have the right foundation in time, it will fall apart. And in order for Jesus to establish his purpose and his kingdom on the earth, he had to wait till somebody had the revelation. And the revelation was that he was indeed the sent one who came from God. When a human being on planet earth understood that the Father in heaven sent this man Jesus to be God in flesh, when someone perceived that and received that revelation by the Holy Ghost, God said, Jesus said, I have now a foundation to build this thing, the church, upon. So he says, upon this rock of revelation, that I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. On this rock, I'll build my church, watch, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We need to talk about this this morning. Because I am, and, and, and I, I walk around in my life feeling sometimes like, um, uh, I, 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 it's not spiritual frustration, but it is mind-blowing to me how screwed up we have gotten the revelation of the church. The church has literally become about what kind of music we have and we are defined by things like, are you contemporary, are you traditional, are you this, are you that? And the reality of it is that the church that Jesus came to build oftentimes does, not, in fact, let me say it this way, the church Jesus came to build should never fit exclusively into one stereotype. If your understanding of the church and if your concept of the church is really more about what you prefer and what you like and less about what the Bible tells you the church ought to be, you need to get a new revelation of the church. Because the church is not just a place that sings three fast songs, two slow songs, takes your money and a man preaches and gives an altar call. That is wonderful, I get all that, but the church is something far deeper and much greater than what you and I have been trained by religious uh, things and, and religious entities. It's far more than that. 
I don't want to sound proprietary and grandiose because sometimes people say things and they just try to get this wow factor and they want to say something like, you don't know what you're doing and you don't know anything. And we say all these confrontational things, but I really do believe many people sitting in churches do not know the full understanding and neither do they have a biblical concept of what the church is. So Jesus says, when Peter declares, you are the Christ, Jesus says, on this revelation of who I am, I will build my ecclesia. Let me talk about it. Everybody say ecclesia. Now, in this one scripture, Jesus lays out the blueprint. He announces his plan. He removes all obscurity. And he summarizes in this one passage his mission. He says, okay, Peter, the Father gave you this revelation that I am the Christ, you got it. I've been waiting on somebody on earth to get it and now that you got this one revelation, I'm gonna build my ecclesia. And the word ecclesia, and I want you to take some notes, even if you gotta pull out your iPhone and take some notes, you, you need to meditate and chew on this. You don't need a sermon today. We need to get some real understanding. I'm preaching this today. Somebody said, why would you preach this? Because I preached this about five years ago. Because I believe the Spirit of the Lord showed me that where the church is getting ready to go in the next two years in this nation, we must have a revelation of who the ecclesia is so that when craziness and stupidity start trying to prevail, we say, oh no, that is not who we are. We know who we are. Ecclesia, everybody say ecclesia. Now, ecclesia is a Greek word. Chad, can you put that back up on the screen for me, that passage, friend? Can you put that passage back up on the screen? Ecclesia is the Greek word used for church here in Matthew 16. It's interesting that Jesus uses the word ecclesia. Now we see the English word church, but in the original text, in the, in the Greek, it is ecclesia. And the word ecclesia is used, is the word Jesus used to describe and identify what he was going to build and what he was going to build out of the people who were a part of his kingdom. Are you following me? The use of the word ecclesia here is revolutionary. Why is that? Because the word ecclesia was being used hundreds of years before Jesus showed up. So when Jesus says, I'm gonna build my ecclesia, he doesn't create a word that's never been used, but he uses a word that's been used for hundreds of years and everyone standing there would have been like, wow because you're gonna build something like what we've seen in our country, but you're building it not for the country, you're building it in your own kingdom. So what is the ecclesia? What is it doing during the time of Jesus? Why would Jesus use the term ecclesia to describe and identify what he was building out of the people who were following him. Look at somebody tell your neighbor, say neighbor, God is building something with you. Mm. What is he building out of you and I? What is he building with us? He's building the ecclesia. And the word ecclesia had been used for hundreds of years before Jesus used it here in the Bible. And here's what it was. The ecclesia, first of all, if you're taking those, write this down. It comes from two Greek words coming together. The preposition ek 
E-K, and the verb kaleo, meaning to call out. Ek, uh, ek, the preposition meaning out, and pardon me, kaleo meaning to call, to call out. When you put them together, literally what it means is to call out. And the ecclesia was an actual functioning body of people in Jesus' day that the Roman government used to conduct business and legislative um, uh, uh, affairs on behalf of a country. Now you gotta put this into perspective. When Rome, the Roman government, how many know when, when the Roman Empire was in full effect, they were wiping everybody out? I mean, their military might was unparalleled. They were destroying every country that they went into. And every time that they went into a new country, their king demanded the country come under Roman rule, watch, and that that country began to take on the culture of Rome. So when the king of Rome, the emperor of Rome, when he would overthrow um, uh, an, an inferior city and he would bring them under his subjection, watch, he would send an apostle, this is literally a Roman apostle, not a biblical apostle, a Roman apostle would go on behalf of the Roman emperor and would walk into the defeated city and would then begin to establish Roman culture in that city until that city began to look like little Rome. And so they would go into this city and the city had been overrun and overcome by the Roman military and now they had to establish Roman life in this new city. How many understand that when Jesus calls apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, he sends apostles into cities, into areas, until they establish a culture, come on family, in that area that begins to look like the kingdom from which they were sent. This is why people who say, I don't believe in apostolic grace. I don't believe in prophetic grace. That's why the people who don't believe in that look more like, look more like this world than the one we're born from in the spirit. You can't look like heaven on earth if you don't have an apostolic grace helping to establish and undergird the intent of the king for the city to look more like heaven on earth. Apostolic grace will get on your nerves because apostolic grace will not settle for people who have mean spirits. Y'all not gonna say nothing, I'm gonna teach this anyway. Yeah, see because sometimes church people are mean people. Sometimes church people don't, if you're not careful, you and I will espouse to a kind of, of, of ecclesiology where, where we will build church for us, but we don't build church for us when you've been sent by the king to put heaven on earth. Jesus said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, come on family, on as it is in heaven. If we're going to have heaven on earth, there needs to be a grace being released so that we can all begin to work toward an end, which is people coming into the kingdom based upon what they see and experience as heaven comes and invades earth through our lives. So apostles were actually apostles in Roman government before they were ever apostles in the Bible. All these terms 
Jesus and his disciples and apostles, they literally reappropriated those words to describe what was happening in the kingdom. It was already happening in the natural, but Jesus says, you came to build your ecclesia in the natural. I came to build a spiritual ecclesia. So watch this, let me keep unpacking this. So the ecclesia, ek meaning out, kaleo meaning to call, the to call out. So watch this, when, when Rome would defeat a nation, they would send a town crier to each city who would walk through the city and announce it's time for the ecclesia to come together. And they would come to the town square of the city and they would conduct business on behalf of the king of the country. Now they couldn't all go to the king's palace, but they could all meet at the town square and they knew it was time to gather and meet because the town crier, which they called in the Greek, the Karuts. This is what's crazy. When Jesus said, or Paul said to Timothy, you are a preacher of the gospel, it is the Greek word Karuts. And when Jesus said preach the gospel, it is the Greek word Karutso which means when we preach on Sunday on behalf of the King of Glory, we are literally speaking to the citizens of the kingdom and we are calling out those who have been called out of darkness to come together and we are telling you the time, which is 10 a.m. and the place, which is redemption to the nations and now we're preaching the word so that you get the message of the King and when we gather, we are conducting business. I hope somebody's following me today. We are conducting business on behalf of the king. We are not here for a fashion competition. I mean, we love your Gucci. We love your Estee Lauder. We love your new weave, your extensions, your toupee, your shiny ball head. We love all of it. We love that you came here single looking for Mr. Right or Sister Right. We love all that, but that is not why we came. We did not even come to hear the latest Maverick City song be sung. We came today to hear from the King of Glory because the King has an agenda. Why don't you touch somebody near you and tell them neighbor the King has an agenda. So watch this, the ecclesia is a Greek word and it is talking about the called out ones this is not even in, in, in the kingdom of God. This is in, in, in Greek life. This literally was happening in the day of Jesus. They would have an ecclesia and they would walk through the city and they would say, we're getting ready to have an ecclesia. We're getting ready to have a meeting. Here's the time, here's the place. And then they would hear the town crier calling them to the meeting and they would come to the center of the city and they would conduct legislative business on behalf of the king. Well, I thought I was just a member of the church. You are a citizen. I hope you're catching what I'm laying down today. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And I'm gonna tell you something. 
I'm getting ready to teach today that your voice matters. So they would come to the town square and if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus said, they're building their ecclesia, but I'm building my own ecclesia. And I'm calling people out too. And I'm calling them out of darkness and I'm calling them to the epicenter of the city, which I believe is the, is the place where the kingdom of God is being manifest and being declared and demonstrated. How many know the church building is not just another building? Some people disagree with me and I just don't care. That's why I argued when we were going through COVID, they say shut everything down. Now you can shut down, you can shut down whatever you want to, but you can't shut down the place where God and his people do kingdom business. Y'all disagree with me all you want. And you tell me, well, if Lowe's is a necessary business, I know that the church is a necessary entity. Because what I'm getting ready to do on Sunday morning, you mean, you mean to tell me you think it's that important? No, I don't think it's that important. I know it's that important. Because if we're not meeting, conducting kingdom business, then the devil is having a meeting doing his deal. And while we're all divided and acting a fool and we got fear and nobody, come on somebody, we got to see through this thing. There is something powerful that happens when we come together. So they come together in the spiritual ecclesia. Jesus said, I'm gonna build my own spiritual ecclesia just like the Greek community did. I'm gonna do it in the kingdom. And I'm gonna call you together. And when you come together, I'm going to give you, uh, when, when the ecclesia met, there were three primary functions. Number one, when the, when the ecclesia met, they met for civil referendum. Number two, for military strategy. And number three, for prevailing governmental philosophy. Let me explain those and I'm gonna get out your way. Number one, civil referendum. Everybody say civil referendum. So when, when something was going wrong in their city, the Greek ecclesia would be called out of their home and they would gather in the center of the city and they would, they would gather to decide civil referendum. So if the water was bad, then they would decide how we're gonna fix the water. If there was a food shortage in the city, the ecclesia would come out of their homes, they would meet in the center of the city, and then they would decide how we're going to fix this food shortage. Uh -huh. Let me put it in our terms. If the kids in our community can't read, then we have an ecclesia meeting and we talk about how we're going to change the quality of life for our citizens. See, see, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here right now and I'm, I feel some sandpaper because you're like, where are the tongues and the glory? The tongues and the glory open up a door in the heavens so that people walking around in a jacked up city can find spiritual authority and have a spiritual strategy to fix a problem that is happening in our city. If the kingdom is here, everybody in the city ought to live a better life because of the kingdom of God. So several years ago, we had a few families that said, we don't have no money for Christmas. So what we do? 
We, we call for the ecclesia. We said, we gotta fix this. Now this year, we will help 2,000 kids have Christmas. Wow, that's so sweet. That ain't just sweet, that is a strategy of kingdom people. Kingdom people have the ability to gather and to conduct an ecclesia and to say, we need to shift the quality of life. If crime, which it is, is jacking our city up, I am grateful for the mayor, I am praying for him, I am thankful for the police, I am praying for them, but at the end of the day, what might need to happen, I feel a little bit of oil getting on me right here, what might need to happen is we might need to have an ecclesia meeting and start saying you know what that is not just a that is not just a money problem that is not just a socioeconomic problem this is a spiritual problem and the demon of murder is trying to kill our babies and we need to oh god i better quit so we so civil referendum say civil referendum we have the authority to change things. I got four amens and a come on from Brother Bobby over there. I'm trying to get some of you people who think, everybody stand up real quick, stand up, hurry, hurry, hurry. Turn around and touch your pew. Feel that warm spot that is not your contribution to the kingdom of God. God did not call you and I to warm a seat. He called us to make a difference in the world and tell the devil that has been trying to put the light out, you will never turn the light off as long as we are in business. Civil referendum. The quality of life ought to improve for everybody in this zip code. People ought to know that we are the people of God. So when we gather and we have an ecclesia, first thing they did is they, they looked at civil referendum. What can we do to improve the quality of life for our people? Yesterday, Devin and I, as we do all the time, we went down to the park with the babies to feed the ducks and she runs and I walk. She said, do you wanna run? No, I'll push the babies. You, walk, you run, I got this, I got this, I got this. So, it seems like every time I go down there and jog, or, or she goes and jogs and I walk, it seems like every time we go down there, they're putting something new in. So yesterday, Tim, they cut in a new sidewalk from the place we walk at Collegedale to the new Scooter's Coffee. I said, I want you to look at the goodness of God. I don't even have to walk around all that mud now. I walk right through on a new sidewalk that tax dollars paid for. What's the point? The point is this, they are improving the quality of life for our people. And when I saw that gravel and that new sidewalk, I thought as I was preparing my heart to preach today, I thought, you know, that's what kingdom people do. They see destinations. They see a way to help get people from point A to point B. And instead of having to trug through the mud and trug through all this mess that this nation has, has been dealing with, we say, oh no, you don't have to run through the mud. You we don't have to call an Uber. We're going to cut in a new sidewalk and we're going to help people get to where they want to go. Touch somebody, tell them civil referendum. 
God wants the church to start helping people find hope and some of them aren't even looking for it. Second thing they did, they, just, they met and decided military strategy. As they continued to push forward and expand the Roman Empire, they would meet and gather to hear the strategy of the king. What's the next move? Hmm. This is why it took 40 years to get the Supreme Court to change its mind. I'm gonna tell you why, I'm gonna tell you why. Because the church can't get their act together. And if there is division among the people of God, heaven can have a decree, but it never come to pass on earth. Y'all don't like what I'm talking about right now, but I'm telling you there's some other stuff we need to get our society to line up with that ain't gonna get lined up until the church quits arguing and says, you know what, we're coming into agreement on this. Yeah, we did some really bad, stupid, sinful stuff in the past. Yeah, this nation's got some stuff that need to get under the blood. Yes, this nation got some pain that needs to be healed. And until we can acknowledge our mess we will never get to the miracle military strategy what's the next step well if you're not listening to the king you don't know it's one thing when when we get 2,000 people in this room to agree on something but what we're trying to do is affect a nation and nations in order for that to happen, we got to do something beyond these walls. We got to start praying for God to give us an understanding of the ecclesia corporately. Because if he can find two or three that agree, I felt like I was. I just. I love Bobby. Watch. God is releasing military strategy for what is next as we advance the kingdom. And if you're not hearing that instruction, well, I got my own agenda, which is why I'm praying God either change your heart or take your microphone. I am telling you, there are people that I am surrounded by. I'm talking about tremendous generals. And one of them I was with this week, and they were all saying the same thing. They all feel like God is about to start taking influence away from people who have a personal agenda and not the agenda of the King of Glory. Now, I have said that for a year and a half. God is about to put a megaphone on those who will magnify the message of the kingdom and he is about to bring a strange and sudden silence to those who are standing on their soapbox preaching their garbage. Oh, Lord. Spewing their vitriol and got their own agenda. God is about to line this thing up and it may not be everybody sitting in a church building, but the remnant are about to get the message. military strategy we don't know where we're going next 
We can't get in agreement. And so we come to church and we shout over what we heard in there. But God is saying something else. He's saying, I got you. I got to get you to see what I'm doing in your generation. So the second thing was military strategy. First thing, civil referendum. Last thing, the prevailing governmental philosophy. This is cray cray, cray cray, cray cray, cray cray. They came together to decide what prevailing governmental philosophy they would follow as a people. We call this voting. Listen to me. The bedrock of American society. Now, I'm not telling you that this is Jesus' kingdom. I'm trying to get you to understand the point, so don't misinterpret what I'm getting ready to say. I'm gonna paint this very clearly for you. The bedrock of American society is that we gather on voting day to vote so that we decide the prevailing governmental philosophy for our nation. Okay, you follow me now? The majority wins. How many agree with that? You say, well, I didn't vote for him. It's wonderful you didn't vote for him or her, but after the votes are tallied, it don't matter who you voted for. Because the winner is the one who becomes the prevailing governmental philosophy in that area, be it a city, a nation, a state, whatever. Okay, when the ecclesia gathered, one of the three reasons they gathered was to determine the prevailing governmental philosophy of their region. Which is why it is important that when we gather, we always reinforce and we always reestablish who's calling the shots and who is on the throne. Why do we always gotta praise God for an hour? Why are we always lifting him up? And they sing that same line over and over cause your religious brain is sitting out there thinking, I don't need this. And God said, Tobin, sing it eight more times so that Sister Yeye gets reminded that I am the king. Oh God, I better quit here. I better quit here. But I need somebody to remind my people that I am the king of glory. And I am the Lord of heaven. And I am the Lord of earth. And they may sit up all night and conspire against me, but I sit back and laugh at the end of the day the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Lord have mercy, I feel like hollering in here. I thought I was too tired to preach like this, but oh, Lord have mercy. I feel my help coming on me right now. God is about to remind our generation that our hope is not in the right and our hope is not in the left. My, my hope cometh from the Lord. Prevailing government. Now watch this, I got to teach here. I got to teach here. I know what time it is. Go ahead, go get your chicken. I'm good. Y'all don't bother me. We'll let you go in a minute. We don't have church tonight. You'll be all right. Watch this. Watch this. Can I teach this thing? Watch this. He says, he says, uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we get in our mind, we get in our mind an image of burning, hellacious, dark, demonic gates. 
But what he wants us to see is the imagery of a city that is conducting legal matters and they conducted legal matters at the gate. So what would happen is they would gather at the gate and they would decide legislative priority and they would make legislative announcements regarding that city. What Jesus said is that when the ecclesia comes together and they decide on civil referendum and they decide on military strategy and they decide on the prevailing governmental philosophy, he said, I want you to know that when you can get in unity about that, when you can come into an understanding of what I'm doing, that's what I'm gonna talk about next week. I'm gonna talk about that key thing next week. Touch somebody, tell them, he gave us the keys. Oh, no, 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 I'm gonna t- I want you to tell them like you got a little bit of sass. Tell them he gave me the keys. Yes, and you need to understand that when he said the gates of hell, I feel the oil in the room right now. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. What he's trying to show us is the image of the enemy meeting at the gate of our city. And he's trying to decide what he's gonna do to our city. And he's trying to establish legislative agenda over our city and he's trying to keep broke people broke Uh come on in here family he's trying to keep mean people mean he's trying to keep people in the dark in the dark he's trying to establish a legislative agenda whereby he execute his execution of darkness but he said I want my ecclesia to know that when the gates of hell are in session and they are trying to decide how they're going to destroy the city he said I want my ecclesia to know that whatever they're deciding will not prevail against those who have met in my name God I feel like preaching right here look at somebody and tell a neighbor we got the victory oh I know some of y'all ready to go but tell your neighbor again say we got the victory I know the devil's got a plan but I've got a promise everything is gonna be all right I know the devil stayed up all night long trying to determine how he would keep Chattanooga in a mess but God sent me to the pulpit today to tell this house the gates of hell shall not prevail against the prevailing governmental philosophy of the house of God. Touch five people, tell them we win. Tell them that you love them. Shake your neighbor, rock your neighbor. Shake them and rock them, rock them and shake them. And tell your neighbor, the gates of hell will not prevail. We're gonna see revival. We're going to see awakening. We're going to see a shift. Somebody shout, yeah. Stand all over the room. Let's give God praise for the victory right now. Come on. Let's give him praise. Praise him that no weapon, I said praise him that no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper. We cast down every high thing 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We bring in captivity every lie of the devil and we preach the good news to those who are in bondage. Those who are broke don't have to be broke no more. Those who are depressed don't have to be depressed. So the gates of hell are concocting plans, trying to establish a legislative agenda to bring cities and states and countries and nations into bondage. But God said, wherever my people meet and conduct kingdom business, wherever they conduct kingdom business and establish civil referendum and decide as they hear the king's announcement of the next military strategy, and as they come and affirm the prevailing governmental philosophy, which is the rule and reign of King Jesus in our midst, when they find that, when heaven sees that, hell will not prevail against the church. The only way hell wins is if we don't know who we are. When I'm getting to church, I'm coming in with an attitude because I'm mad. Why are you mad? Because they didn't say nothing to me. So you come in here and you think this thing is all about you and I think this thing is all about me and it ain't about any, it's about the king. Don't sabotage the ecclesia. When we gather, we are gathering to get military strategy. We are gathering to decide civil referendum to improve the quality of life for all of our people. And we are gathering to reaffirm and reinforce and continually testify of the prevailing governmental philosophy by which we operate. I have no allegiance but to King Jesus. I'm going to say this and I'm going to pray. If you are looking for me to line up completely, com- completely, how about that? If you are looking and waiting on me to line up completely with your party lines, you will live a miserable life. See there? See there? Why? Why you say that? Why you got to end with this? Because it's what's in the atmosphere. I have no allegiance but to King Jesus. And if what he tells me to say ticks you off, I don't care what party you're a part of. I'm a part of the kingdom. I'm going to speak kingdom, live kingdom. I'm going to vote kingdom. Amen. I'm going to vote the kingdom. I'm gonna live the kingdom, I'm gonna demonstrate the kingdom. And at some point, I tell y'all this all the time, I'm through. In one, in one month, I made a statement in my pulpit about life and they put it on the front page of the paper. Local church pastor supports life and is not for abortion. Imagine that. 
a Bible-believing preacher says something that's in the Bible. Wait, don't leave yet. If you're going to get mad, at least get the other side of it. Hold on. Four weeks later, the alternate right went after me because we started putting babies in one of our dorms from the border. See, all y'all that liked me for a moment got mad at me right then. Why? Because when you walk with Jesus, you will tick off the polarizing parties. I said it and I meant it. Well, we're going to have to have a talk with him. You can talk to whoever you want to. But I'm not a hireling and I will not be for sale. And this house is not for sale either. We will tell the truth in love and welcome everybody. But I'm not lining up with the devilish things that are going on in this world. I'm going to stay in that book and I'm going to hang with Jesus. So what did you do when they came after you? I sat in my office and flipped the channels on my new TV they put on my wall. Watched a football game. Aren't you nervous? No, I ain't nervous because if you live right and don't tell lies, you don't have to worry about covering your back. God will cover you. Say amen. We have lost our courage to execute the strategy of the king because we're worried about culture. We're going to tell the truth about life and we're going to take care of babies at the border. If it's the last thing I do, we're going to do what the Bible said. Father, hell will not prevail against those who stand with you. So may we find ourselves the ecclesia standing with you, executing the agenda of the king. May I stand, may we stand before you and hear well done. And I pray this house would get a revelation of the capacity, the power, the ability you have given us to change even the city we're in. I pray we would execute civil referendum that would improve the quality of life for people locally and even abroad. God, help us be good ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. That's what I feel like we need to end with right there. Can you lift your hands and ask God to help you and I to be good ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven? Come on, we want heaven on earth, don't we? We want heaven on earth. We want heaven on earth. God, we want to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us hearts. Lay hand on your heart right now. Come on, lay your hand on your heart. God, give us hearts like King Jesus. Give me a heart like yours. Let me love what you love, the way you love it. And Father, whatever is unholy and evil, I pray you would give us a divine dissatisfaction with it. Just like you hate it, God, let us hate it with, with righteous love. We will love and with righteous indignation, Lord. With righteous indignation, we will rise up against injustice of every kind until we see your kingdom come and your will done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would see gatherings and assemblings and coming togethers as more than just our Sunday morning responsibility. Let us see it as an opportunity to come together and execute spiritual legislation. 
whatever we decide because of what we know you are telling us to decide. Whatever we decide, we will see it come to pass in our life. I said we will see it come to pass. Next week I'm gonna preach the second part of this because I'm not gonna do it all right now. Lift your hands, let me bless you, Father. In the name of Jesus, this is your ecclesia. Line us up, align us, put us in the right place. Get us in position for what you wanna do in our generation. Get us in position to fix what needs to be fixed in our city and heal what needs to be healed. Ha, Yaraba. Get us in position to put some devils out of business that have been trying to destroy lives. Get us in position to put some wickedness out of business. Father, I pray right now you give us some strategies. Lord, too many of our people in this yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. Everybody put your hands down. Listen to me. We're going to pray for something specific right here. The mayor asked me to serve on a board. Oh, this is going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> serve on a board to help deal with the plague of predatorial lending in Chattanooga. If you don't know what predatorial lending is, it's when you take advantage of the poor by giving them money and charging them extremely high interest rates so they can meet their bills and pay their bills. And then they wind up taking a loan of $500 and to pay it back, it costs $1,400 over time. Now that makes me mad. And it is an absolute, what's most atrocious about it is that it preys on the people who need help the most. Would you take your neighbor by the hand right now? Word's gonna get to somebody. I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I don't care, the devil is a liar. I wanna pray for this city right now that people who just need some financial wisdom would have resources rather than being exploited. I hope this don't sound unspiritual to you, but this is the kind of thing I'm talking about where we need to see a shift in our society. Father, I'm praying right now that the Spirit of God would give the church a strategy for being able to help those who are in a situation of need. I pray you would help us to have a strategy so that these predatorial lending companies cannot continue to take advantage of those who are in most need, even our elderly, those without a job, those that are in between jobs, those that are not making enough money to help with their families. God, I'm praying right now that you would give us strategy. We need a Holy Ghost strategy to improve the quality of life for our citizens. And God, give us the courage and the voice to speak up against this nonsense and to see some help come. Even if it's a limit on the amount of interest that can be charged, whatever it is, help me God, help us God. Pour it into our hearts and minds. We wanna see people whole. Lord, I pray for some people in this room right now that are tired of renting, they wanna own. Give us strategies in Chattanooga so that people can, in our church, in our community here, God, so that people can begin to come into ownership of property and home and, and businesses. God, we just wanna see your kingdom expand. Come on, church, I'm telling you, this thing can shift. We wanna see a change. And I bind this demonic mess happening in our nation down at the border, all this chaos and craziness and people using lives as pawns for their political argument. God, I'm praying you will heal Mexico. I am praying you will heal America. Let us get our stuff in order. And I pray that kingdom people would begin to insert themselves into this conversation so that the heart of God can have a say. Ha! 
Put some coyotes out of business. These people that are using lives and selling people and selling young ladies, put them out of business. Let them repent or remove them completely. I don't care what you do, but God, I'm praying for a life to prevail at that border. How many know God's gonna shift this thing? Seal the word. Help us to walk it out, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, shout all over the church as you're dismissed. Come on, give him praise, give him praise. Give him praise! I love you. See you Wednesday night, go in the peace of the Lord. Friend, I believe God is a miracle-working God and the greatest miracle that God could ever work in your life is the gift of salvation. And I believe today somebody's watching me who says, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to God. I want to serve the Lord. I want Jesus to save me. Let's pray this prayer together today. Mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I repent of my sins. I turn to you today, Lord Jesus, believing that you're the Son of God and that you died for my sins. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to go to kevinwallace.tv and I just want you to drop us a prayer request and let us know that you gave your heart to Christ. Our team want to pray for you. We want to make sure that you're in a good, loving, Bible-believing church wherever you're from and that you continue to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. The best days of your life are still ahead of you and we're praying for you today. God bless. I look forward to seeing you next week right here.